Hey, everybody. Kevin Grossman, president of Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards. Our 2022 Candidate Experience Benchmark Research Program is now open, and your organization can start benchmarking your candidate experience today. There's no deadline to start, just to finish, and that deadline is August 31st, 2022. But if you start now, you can do continuous feedback with your candidates in our benchmarking program till the deadline. To learn more and register, go to thetalentboard.org. Now, enjoy the podcast. I had a list of like five. These are the five companies I was looking at. I had them ranked in order of like, okay, who would I want to work with the most, and et cetera, et cetera. So I had a system going. It wasn't, you know, I knew like if I, if I didn't, if none of these hit, I was probably, you know, just going to wait a little bit and see what else happened. So let's, let's outline that first. But one of the companies that was on my list of five, I was literally ghosted, didn't hear a peep from, sent them LinkedIn messages, didn't hear a word. You're listening to the Candy Shop Talk podcast brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Talent Board is the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience. The Candy Shop Talk podcast welcomes Jeremy Bonowitz, senior recruiter at Terracon, an employee-owned consulting engineering firm specializing in environmental, facilities, geotechnical, and material services. Listen in on how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting and the business bottom line. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. You are a new senior recruiter at Terracon, an employee-owned consulting engineering firm that specializes in environmental facilities, geotechnical, and material services. Now, before we dive in to the rest of the show, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do today at Terracon. Sure. Thank you very much, Kevin, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, absolutely. So I've been in recruiting for about 13 and a half years. Two of those years were in agency, but the rest has been in corporate recruiting. Most of my recruiting has been in the AEC space, engineering, architecture, construction, and so forth. So that's been my, my forte the past uh, probably 13, 13 and a half years. And there was one year I did professional services recruiting. So yeah, I just love recruiting. Um, I do things like volunteer with um, Recruit DC. I'm also... Um, co-chair of the SourceCon Maryland chapter with my uh, friend, Justin Baxter. My last role, um, I was managing a team of seven talent acquisition consultants along with three sourcers at another engineering firm. Uh, I reside in Maryland. I've been out here for almost six years. Uh, I was a transplant from Denver, which I miss. And now, like you said, I am currently a senior recruiter at Terracon, uh, focusing on recruitment efforts for their central operations group. My role focused mainly on recruiting geotechnical engineers, environmental engineers, environmental specialists, et cetera, within the central region, which consists of everything from pretty much Minnesota down to Texas. Wow. No, that's that's fantastic. And I'm so glad to have you on the show because not only because of your experience, obviously, as a recruiter, and hence the name of my show is about talking shop, about recruiting and hiring and the candidate experience, but because you recently were a candidate again, and being a recruiting and hiring professional... And you've always been an advocate for the candies and for celebrating, elevating, promoting, and sustaining a quality candy experience. And I've, I've known you for a while, and that's definitely something I, I know about you. So because you were recently looking, and you're now with Terracon, but prior to that, we continue to live in this upside down bonkers labor market, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that it's, and it's not going to change anytime soon. Recruiters are in demand everywhere. Let's get the bad out of the way first. 
because, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go flip to the good. So the bad meaning what were some of the communication and feedback letdowns that you experienced? It was interesting being on the other side of the spectrum, you know, being the candidate and, and, and applying and interviewing with different companies. So that was interesting. One thing about my experience was that I, you know, I know a lot of the, a lot of the players in the engineering field, a lot of the companies. Yeah. Um, and I know people at the, at these companies as well, because I've been in the, I've been in recruiting for so long within this industry. So that was one, I guess, one leg up that I did have um, yeah. when I was recruiting. So yeah, I experienced the full, the full realm of things, Kevin, uh, really. <laughs> I was, uh, I was ghosted by one company, which was a, a pretty large company. I'm like, wow. And I, you know, I actually sent like five of them emails. Now, I, you know, I had a list of like five. These are the five companies I was looking at. I had them ranked in order of like, okay, who would I want to work with the most and et cetera, et cetera. So I had a system going. It wasn't, you know, I knew like if I, if I didn't, if none of these hit, I was probably, you know, just going to wait a little bit and see what else happened. So let's, let's outline that first. But one of the companies that was on my list of five, I was literally ghosted. Didn't hear a peep from, sent them LinkedIn messages, didn't hear a word. Like, wow. You're Did you try? Word. So I'm, I'm let me, <laughs> and I applied. Got it. But let me, let me, sorry to interrupt you on that one. So I, what I want to, so you, you did apply, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And did you get, so did you get an auto acknowledgement then? Yes, I did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and just saying, if you're qualified, we'll be in touch, that kind of a message that we all are familiar with in recruiting. Okay. And then did you have any contact information besides email, besides individuals, or you just had to reach out through LinkedIn? Did you have anybody's phone number? Yeah, I just linked out. I just reached out. Uh, Got via it. LinkedIn. And nobody responded, not one. No. Now, did you no. ever get the rejection? No. You never got anything. Never got it. I was like, wow. This is, and, you know, they were, this company, let's just say, was probably on the bottom of the totem pole, even though it was, let's say it was ranked five. Yeah, but still, um, though. But still, right? You're like, oh my gosh. Because, Jeremy, here's the thing. It, it, this isn't obviously a shocker. And anybody listening to this who's in, in our space obviously knows that this still can be a regular occurrence. And the thing, though, is, is that this doesn't have to happen, though, any, right. any anymore. I mean, it's just right. it's an automated rejection. Right. If you're not going to. And what I what I would wonder is that is this one of those cultures, right, that that nobody is responded to until the wreck is filled, if ever at that point, and then holding on to them for weeks, if not months. And that, and you know, when one of the things we recommend again and again is just timely disposition, timely rejection. If if the person's not qualified, then tell them, or Mm -hmm. if you're not, if you're not interested in them, tell them. Yes. And that's it. Let them move on. You move on. All good. And, and it is anyway, what else is it? (laughs) You got any more news? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, and I, this next one I've had a long time ago, but it's where they are excited that you applied. They literally reach out to you within a matter of like hours, um, even on a weekend. And, you know, they're excited. They want to schedule a call with you and you talk to them. They're all excited, blah, blah, blah. And then you don't hear back from them and you're like, okay, you start sending like maybe, you know, one or two follow-up messages. And then what ended up happening in this particular instance was the person that didn't interview me didn't call me back. It was somebody, a colleague of theirs that was a little higher up. And then, you know, gave me the thanks. We just don't think it's the right fit at this time. So into my mind, it's like, you know, you kind of let that slide for about a week and then you let me know. And then it's like, you couldn't have called me or emailed back. You had somebody else do it. I don't know. I just found that very odd to me because as a recruiter, I would have given the message directly. Exactly. Instead of having somebody else do it. That just was really weird to me. 
And they were, you know, going back to the list, they were probably uh, fourth. So I didn't really, you know, whatever. Yeah, but still, but, 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 but sure. But it's still, it's, it's, even if it wasn't something that made you viscerally respond, I'm never going to do anything with that company again. It's still, mm-hmm. it's, it's still, oh, still annoying as all hell. Right. I mean, it's oh, like, yeah. come on, especially being in recruiting. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You, exactly. You're like, I mean, what is the deal? I mean, every, right. and I know it's hair on fire, busy time. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, many of, of your peers out there are carrying, you know, way too many racks for the one they should be, but depending on, you know, I know that varies across industry and job type, but still though, mm-hmm. right. It's mind, it's mind boggling. And you no know, things like that. And maybe this next story, you know, you remember stuff like that and what they say, you know, I know, I think it's probably one of the things candy, candy, would you refer? Well, guess what? If I, you know, I know a lot of recruiters in the industry and engineering, and I, you know, be like, hey, you know, I had a, I had an issue with them once. You might want to double check that, you know, because I'm going to give it to you straight. Going back to the next thing I was going to just say was that um, another one similar wise was they interviewed me. Now, I'll, I'll give the granite to the, I'll give a little bit of leeway for this other one because I had actually interviewed with them four years ago and, you know, told them thanks, but no thanks. So even though we did talk and I did apply, I could, uh, you know, I could sense their hesitation. But again, that's one where... I never, I never really still to this day, never got the formal rejection letter, which is more like we left it as, you know, Hey, I'm interviewing with other companies. I just want to let you know, sure. you know, keep you posted on your end. And their response was, yeah, we'll keep you posted. And that was it. And I was wow. like, okay, well, um, so again, they, and they weren't in the top two, they, they, but it was just the experience. It was just like, look, I know I turned you guys down four years ago. But, you know, that was four, one, that was four years ago. And two, you know, you, you know what I can do in this industry. Uh, so, but do you another, think, and, and that's the thing though, do you think that that was something that was held against you? Maybe I had friends that worked at the company um, and they were, you know, put some words in, you know, put a good word in for me, perhaps. So maybe, who knows? I'm not going to speculate. Anything. Well, I mean, I, I mean, that's not even because I would argue that that's probably not the case because I, you, you know, I mean, and, and no offense to anybody uh, by saying this, but, you know, it's kind of like Groundhog Day every day with the people that have applied and that are now in your database that. I mean, not not many companies are still very good at mining their own and just even having an understanding or looking back at notes. I mean, maybe you've done that before and that's great. I mean, you think I think of it from a marketing and sales perspective, too, though, right? You know, mm-hmm. ma- managing your leads and, and Salesforce or whatever that database CRM mm-hmm. database is to understand, you know, OK, what was the what's the history of this person's communication with us when they were interested? But I don't know. Whatever the case mm-hmm. is, it, it is. I don't think that's probably played very much into it because it's the four years is a long time ago that is a long time yep, yep and recruiting land <laughs> exactly. especially pre especially pre-covid so yeah i think that just the other things were just small well you know the other nuances you know of course there was the uploading a resume or you know uploading a resume but then typing the darn thing in again you're like i just put that in there do i have to go through the motions of typing in my address and filling this form out so you know, there was that, which we all know have companies do. You, you wish it wasn't just a one, you know, click here, your resume's in, boom, and you're on your merry way. It's like, it's a repetitive. And you're like, ah, um, you have to log in, create a password. You have to remember the password, um, that kind of nuance items. And then there were, you know, there was one firm where, where one time that, uh, you know, the scheduling was off. Like I was like, I'm here on the, uh, 
I'm here for the for the interview. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, we had something come up. And I was like, you couldn't have told me that before we started, before I dialed in, you know? And so that happened. That not only happened once, but you got to be, to me, I always tell hiring managers, you know, be prepared, be on time, know you're going to talk to, you know, and stuff. So that, that just happened once though. So small things like that. Well, but still, but those small things can add up. Oh, and, yeah. And everybody, you know, reacts differently to them. You're in the space, right? So maybe there's a forgiveness that others wouldn't give. Um, but still, though, but they, but also everybody in our space should know better, too, right? At the end mm-hmm. of the day, I mean, you control the dials of what you say when you say it to candidates and, and with what frequency, even if it's automated. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you control all those things. The I would never forget a, a woman at one of the first candy workshops that we did shortly after I started uh, helping run talent board got over seven years ago now about anyway, we were um, all sitting around kind of like the, in this um, kumbaya circle, I have no other way to describe it, but it was just a big, you know, circle of talking and sharing. Right. And there are the room is, you know, all, recruiting and hiring professionals in that local market where we were at and conducting this. And we were talking about, you know, the good and the bad mm-hmm. and the ugly and all that stuff. And one woman, you know, described how she had researched a company and she's in, you know, HR and recruiting, right? She researched mm-hmm. the company. She, she networked in as much as she could and then took the time to apply. And it was one of those processes where they had to, she had to create an account and it was redundant stuff to fill in and you upload and you still have to fill it in and went through the whole process and, you know, and kind of took her time doing it, but whatever, long story short, she, she finally finishes clicks enter. And what do you think happened? It should all went away. <laughs> well, it didn't. Yeah. I mean, that's usually something that does happen. No, it should, but she got a um, 30 seconds later, uh, auto rejection. Oh, oh, what is okay? Gotcha. Yeah. Thirty seconds later, and she knows. I mean, she's in recruiting. She knows that it was automated, but it was. You know, who you don't who sets it for? I mean, yeah, that's it's another pretty, recommendation. Pretty you know, give it two days. Yeah, right. Respond within one to two weeks, but give it a couple of days after they apply, especially. Yep. So whatever the case is, and and never. Um, she had reached out to people that she had networked to, never heard back from anybody, just like your scenario, and never got an explanation as to why. Because, you know, we all listen, when we, with the exception of serial appliers, we all want to believe when we're interested <laughs> in a position that we're somewhat qualified, right? And yep. we, we want to believe that I, I, I think I have some stuff here that yep. could up. So she didn't feel that way, but she swore to that day that she's never going to do anything with that company again. And I'll bet you if I, and she was pretty adamant about it. And I'll bet you if I asked her that today, it probably hasn't changed. Oh yeah. Yeah. It sticks with you, you know, sticks with you in your career. And, you know, again, going back to the the case of telling others and, you know, yeah, it can be, it can be in pretty simple terms, a damaging effect to your brand and your company. Well, yeah. And that's the whole thing, right? You know this because of your past company winning a candy award. You also know that and what our data says that that's exactly what can happen. It can, it can mm-hmm. help you or hurt you and it can eat away at the business and the brand and with a poor experience. Right. So, so yeah. tell us, so let's, let's, let's switch now. Tell us about the bright spots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there, there were some bright spots. The two of my top two, um, firms I was looking at, you know, they both really expressed just interest in me, liked how I talked about sourcing and talked about recruiting, could feel the motivation within me when I was, when I was talking about, you know, 
stuff like that. They're like, they're like, boy, you you make me excited about recruiting and, and sourcing. But in the end, you know, there was one company I thought that really stood head and shoulders above the other one. And a lot of the companies I've actually interviewed with in the past, and that was that was definitely Terracon. And like you said, you know, they really showed me that they cared about one another and each other's successes. They were excellent at conveying to me that they really wanted me to be a part of their team and joining that success as well. This company, you know, when I was managing and hiring recruiters, you know, the recruiters would talk to to myself, maybe another manager or two. I hardly ever anybody else from the team. Uh, I actually had to go through, you know, the recruiting team, my manager now, and then the the business leaders, which was interesting because I've never uh, I've never seen anybody do that. I mean, I could be wrong; other companies could do that, but this was my first time of actually meeting like the business leaders who I'm going to be supporting. And so that was kind of new to me, but it was great to meet them all. That is a very, Hey, Jeremy, that's a really important point. Mm -hmm. Right. I think from the fact that, that the, the time was made for you to meet those individuals that again, you would be supporting. I think that that's huge and goes a long way. Now that was this even before, was this, this was after you got the offer before. So it was before you got the offer. Mm Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. and were they part of the interview slate too then? Yeah. Or, yes, they were. They were. Okay. I had to meet with three of them separately, mm-hmm. like it, it. D- together, not separately, but together as one. As like, as like a panel then. Yes. A panel. Exactly. That's fascinating. I, I love to hear that, that they, they, they made the time because that's important. I mean, obviously they're helping to make the decision too, but you had the opportunity to pick their brain and ask them questions, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They, it was, you know, a open forum. Uh, they were all just, you know, they just, were warm and inviting and I could tell were, were in my mind, I, li- I like straight shooters. Uh, so they definitely came across as that. And then even after the interview, the consistent follow-up from the team and especially the senior leaders, you know, were great. And then uh, just wanted to read a quick, you know, this is, this is a message I got from one of the senior vice presidents after, yeah. after the interview quote, it was pretty early in the call with you. I realized not only could you do the job very well, but getting to work with you would make me a better leader. I really hope you join us. So that was great. Another VP, senior VP said, I understand that the team's going to make you an offer and we are super excited at the prospect of you joining Terracon. I believe you have the expertise, energy and personality and work ethic to thrive and be tremendously successful at Terracon. If I can answer any questions you may have, um, nothing's off limits. Please feel free to call me at blah, 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 blah. Wow. And that was just tremendous. That well, felt I, like, I put this in a perspective when I tell people about this experience, it felt like being a five-star recruit coming out of high school. I mean, they, that, and that was like only, they sent me two emails and I got emails from one of their, one of the, my colleagues and from another colleague and stuff. So it was just constantly, you know, it was like, you know, that five-star recruit who's going to go, wants to get recruited by like, you know, the Ohio States, Alabama's, Florida's. It kind of felt like that. I was like getting an email almost every day from them. Hey, we really hope you join our team. And we look forward to having you join our team and you're great to talk to. So that's, that was really, really, I thought was great. But that, that's huge. <laughs> now, at one time, many moons ago, many incarnations ago, I wanted to go into engineering because now I want to work at Terracon. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but I think the, th- that's great to hear. And that, that's, th- those are some really things to underscore for anybody listening right now. I mean, they also, I would argue, but just based on what you just shared, they also understand how competitive it is right now. I mean, mm-hmm. more than ever. And I would hope that they, that's, that's the responses you would have got in any market. 
right? Mm-hmm. When you were with, if they were looking for um, a, a recruiter to join their team. So, but whatever the case is, especially today, how super competitive it is and how critical it is that, and that leadership understand that they play a role in solidifying those individuals, not only to accept the offer, but to, you know, to get, have a nice retention starter out of the gate. Absolutely. Yep. Totally. Right. That's exactly. I just felt, just felt, okay. After the, after the you know, after communicating like, communications like that, I just felt, wow, this is, this is where I want to be. This, this sounds like this is the right fit. So well, I'm sure that, that, I mean, you, you touched on some of this a little bit too, in leading up to getting the offer and the job. What are you excited about right now and helping Terracon accomplish as it relates to the recruiting, hiring and, and the candidate experience? I mean, what are you excited about with that? Sure. Sure. Well, you know, again, it's, it's week number four, getting my feet wet, learning the ropes and, and everything's going well. But I think, you know, some things that have me excited, obviously, are, you know, showing the team new sourcing techniques. That's one thing I've always been passionate about, uh, sourcing, finding new ways of talent and showing them new tools and, and to be more effective and efficient in recruiting and that I've learned over the years, you know, and help and hopefully helping to possibly streamline some of the hiring process maybe later down the road. And, and of course, obviously getting involved in candy and seeing, you know, participating in the candy yeah, process to get, a, to get a benchmark of where we are. Yeah. down the road. So things like that. I, I think it's great. I mean, I would argue based on what you're telling me, if, the, if these practices have been in, in, in place for any length of time, that definitely there's more positive sentiment. If this is how um, especially finalist candidates are being treated, because that's where there's most investment, right? Mm-hmm. Where the individuals who are making it to the, the, the final stages and they're investing in you, you're investing in them. And then to hear from leadership like that. So that obviously leads me to, as we start to wind down this podcast to my next question, what's one thing then, I mean, I think we've already answered it, but you can reiterate it again too, that business leaders and managers should start doing today to ensure that expectations are aligned with recruiting and hiring realities. I mean, what, what should they be doing? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, and I, I, this kind of answers the question I was thinking about this um, over the weekend was, you know, of course, being proactive and working along, alongside the recruiter. Yep. Um, being, a, you know, being that business partner, don't just be like a um, person or a hand manager that just gives the order, then, okay, good luck, you know, and we hope you find it kind of kind of manager. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. As a, as a good colleague of mine once said, recruiters aren't pizza. It's not a pizza delivery, you know, status where... I'm going to order two of these with this on top and I need it in my office in two to, you know, in two hours, you know, or, or, or like an ATM machine where right. you just punch in what you want and out it comes a man magical, you know, the, the five-year engineer with a PE and has all your credentials. I mean, that just doesn't work that way. I would say continue to hire for attitude, you know, and you can train the aptitude, make sure that you're not, you know, it's not a checkbox of qualifications that you're looking to fill because you hardly ever get everybody that checkmark all the boxes. I think that if somebody has 80% of what you're looking to do or looking for, uh, you can train the other 20%. And, and so don't, don't have unrealistic expectations. Um, move quickly on your hires. Time kills deals. So make sure to put your best foot forward at all times. Make the process easy. Know like, okay, we're going to have the ninth interview here. No, I mean, it should be one, two, right. and you're done. You know, that's it. You should know after two, at the very most. Uh, make your offers solid. Don't go under market value. But yeah, that's all. That's what I would, those are the recommendations I would say. Jeremy, you have 110% of the qualifications. <laughs> 110%. What do you recommend to candidates today? Uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to a lot of different uh, universities, ASCE chapters, and a lot of things I say to them, candidates, and for any, for any candidates, really, is don't give up. Keep networking 
and using all your resources um, to get that perfect job. I mean, obviously there's things like LinkedIn, but you know, utilize those LinkedIn groups, be involved in conversations, participate in any relevant organizations, associations, or groups, keep meeting people within your industry and networking with those professionals. Uh, don't rely on one source to post your resume. I mean, I know we all know, again, LinkedIn, but I mean, yeah, there's Monster, there's Career Builder, there's Zip, there's Indeed, even social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram can help you out, find, you know, network and find your job. Follow up with recruiters when you apply to a job, you know, don't overbear them, don't pester them really, but maybe check in, you know, maybe every other week or something of that nature. And again, apply to roles that you qualify for. Like I said, a serial applier, you know, you apply to something that clearly doesn't have the skill set for. So try not to do that. Try to really focus on jobs that meet your skills and qualifications. And again, follow up with the follow up with any recruiter that you can uh, at the company. So that's kind of what I would say. Very good advice, Jeremy. Extremely good advice. Did I tell you that you have a hundred, 110% of the quality? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, here's the thing. The last question I always like to ask all my guests is we're always working all the time, talking about work, work and work, 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 work. And that's, and that's what this is about, right? I'm talking shop about recruiting and hiring and we were talking about candidate experience, but what else besides work does Jeremy oh, like right. to do? <laughs> what do I like to do? You know, um, I'm pretty simple, Kevin. I've got a little bit, you know, I've, I've kind of slowed down in my older years here. So don't go out <laughs> as much and stuff. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started, Jeremy. Come on. Um, but you know, I like to um, I'm a, I like to invest um, I, the stock market, some stuff in Ameritrade, and just like to interesting. In different I did not know that. I did yeah, not. Yeah, know big that. In the, I've been big in the stock market since I was like eighteen. Wow, throwing in money into like IRAs and stuff. I, I like to collect coins, like silver coins, though. But so like you know, ninety nine percent or ninety nine nine percent fine silver. I collect uh, like silver eagles and Canadian silver coins. Um, just anything silver. I have like, God, I probably have like a hundred ounces of silver. I'm stacked up. Um, so silver, I love to travel. Always like to go to see friends, um, relatives, et cetera, explore the, explore the country and the world for that matter. Uh, spend time with my family and friends. Uh, my family were very close knit and they only live about 10 miles away from me, my sister and my, my, my folks. So we're very close. So I see them every weekend, uh, hang out with them. And then of course, you know, just continuing to learn the latest and greatest as it relates to sourcing uh, and recruiting. Just keep myself up to date and uh, and be able to share that knowledge with uh, others that I come in contact with. Well, that's oh, great. and I also plan on getting in shape. I, I actually ordered oh, my no. <laughs> elliptical. It's coming tomorrow. Uh, wait, no, it's today. No, it's coming on Thursday. My elliptical will be here. Uh, I should be uh, summer ready and uh, I might get some dumbbells too, but I have a big trip to California in uh, August for a week just to take some time off. I haven't been back to California in four years. So I want to be, where, uh, are you, where are you headed to? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in uh, Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Nice. Nice place. I yeah. mean, right on the coast there. Good for you. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's, yeah. And good. That's great. Uh, elliptical is a, is a great piece of workout machinery. We have one at home as well that we actually use and not hang stuff on. So I, <laughs> I uh, so that's always important. I did, you know, had no idea that you were a wall street player. Good for you, Jeremy. That's yeah, you. I'll have to, I'll have to hit you up for some tips. Yeah. Give me, yeah so, like so <laughs> Hey, listen, yeah. thanks. Thanks again for being on the candy shop talk podcast. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And I look forward to hopefully maybe someday seeing you in person. Absolutely. Let's make a plan of it. You got it. Thanks again.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research, visit www.thetalentboard.org.